As I walked on through Chatham Street, a fair maid I did meet. She asked me to see her home, she looked in bleaker straight to me away. Sandy, my dear Annie, oh, you New York girls, can you dance the polka? The Long Haul Podcast, America's Irish Voice. Interviews with inspiring immigrants, renowned Irish personalities, and discussions on all things Irish America. Presented by Michael Dorgan and Johnny Kennedy. We have a jam-packed podcast for you all this week as I preview some of the virtual events taking place across the globe this week to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. While the New York City Parade is cancelled again this year, you can still hit the streets in your emerald green and there is a huge uptake in the Spark Crack 10k and 5k virtual run that is being held in partnership with the Irish Echo. Jim Frawley, one of the run's New York ambassadors, is here to give us a preview of that event and how you can take part. Next, I head to Boston to the wonderful Mary Shugru, who is the chief executive of the Irish American Partnership. The partnership connects Irish and Irish American communities through education and community programs in Ireland. They have an incredible lineup for their St. Patrick's virtual celebration that takes place on Monday evening, the 15th of March at 6 p.m. That event will feature on Taoiseach Michal Martin, President Michael D. Higgins, actor Killian Murphy, and lots, lots more. Then I dial in with Dublin, where Karen Walsh gives us a rundown on a dedicated new online television channel that has been set up just for St. Patrick's Week called St. Patrick's Festival TV, or SPF TV for short. Karen is the artistic director of the channel, which is currently playing round-the-clock Irish music, poetry, short films, and just about everything that can be artistically created for St. Patrick's Day. Lastly, we collaborate with Trassa Goodwin-Smith, who is the presenter of the Ireland Cause radio show. Trassa interviewed New York City Parade Chairman Sean Lane on her show last week, and Sean gave Trassa a rundown on some of the virtual events the parade is hosting this year. Trassa was kind enough to lend us that segment of her radio show. A quick update on the potential sale of the American Irish Historical Society building on 5th Avenue that we discussed on the show a few weeks ago. The petition to stop that sale has now hit over 32,000 signatures. There was also a detailed article in the New York Times on Saturday about the potential sale and we've linked to that article on our social media pages. And lastly, some major and breaking news about the Mean Fiddler Bar. And I'm delighted to reveal that the bar is reopening on St. Patrick's Day this Wednesday. Yes, co-owner Michael McNamee, who was on the show with us last week, has just confirmed the news to us. And I'm delighted to announce that the bar will reopen its doors on March 17th. So after you complete your 10k or 5k Wednesday, why not head over to 266 West 47th Street in Times Square to celebrate by dancing on a few tables. Speaking about that run, that's where I'll start the show by connecting with Jim Frawley, who is a race ambassador and also the CEO and founder of Bellwether. Jim, thanks for coming on the Long Haul Podcast. Thanks for having me. Tell me, Jim, to give us a quick background on yourself and tell us um, what, what, what Bellwether is all about. Sure. Bellwether, uh, I run Bellwether. Bellwether is an executive coaching and change management firm based here in New York, primarily with people in the city. But then, uh, I, I mean, I've got clients uh, around the world. Uh, I also have the Bellwether Hub podcast, and I just released a book called Adapting in Motion, Finding Your Place in the New Economy. 
which is how to uh, basically how to manage change when you don't know what change is coming. Uh, New York Irish, Irish American, and uh, dual citizenship. So there you go. Excellent. Tell us about the podcast and where can we pick that up? Uh, podcast on all your your lovely your lovely stations. Um, it's called Bellwether Hub, and the website is bellwetherhub.com. And that's also the business site. So it's, okay. all, it's all there. Cool. And when was the book released? It was released earlier this year, was it? Yeah, it was uh, early February. So you're one of the New York ambassadors for the 10K run le- next week. Uh, give it, let the listeners, the viewers know what exactly that consists of and uh, what you got involved. Yeah, so it's a great, it's, uh, it's a global run, which is fantastic. I'm big into running. Uh, before the pandemic, I used to do a, uh, the first Sunday of every month, I would do a 5K in Central Park. I'm looking forward to getting that started again. I'm setting up a running group with the Sober St. Patrick's Day, uh, Sober St. Patrick's Day crowd. We're going to be running this event together. And the idea of a global Irish virtual run just hits so many positive levels. And when we think about the word schlancha and toasting people on St. Patrick's Day, the word means health. So why not go for a run? I think it's great. So tell me, how do people take part and when, when's it going ahead? Uh, well, it's virtual, so you can sign up in advance. You can run it whenever you like, which is great. So the, the thing is you can run it uh, however you want. You can sign up on ashlingevents.com and uh, sign up for the run. Do it. You get your T-shirt. You finish it. You get your medal. It's going to be great. And then they also have a live event. Uh, I believe it's 9 o'clock in the morning, Eastern time, New York time. 9 o'clock Eastern morning, it's going to have live traditional music. They're going to be checking in with ambassadors from around the world, New York, Australia, Boston, Ireland, of course, you know, Belfast, Dublin. Um, so it's going to be a great thing to tune into. And, and since everybody needs to be virtual for St. Patrick's Day to properly celebrate, there are a lot of great virtual events, and this is a great way to kick it off. So is that a Zoom event, is it? Is everyone it's a Zoom? Uh, it's a Hey Summit event. Um, but the, the details are on ashlingevents.com where you can either sign up to do the run or you can get the details for signing up just for the live, for the live activity. Okay. And so you can do the 10k run anywhere, is it? And then what do you do? Do you post it online? Did you post, post it on the website? What's the do the run. And I would also say, if you can't run 10k, you can run 1k or 5k. So it's completely up to you what you want to do. The idea is to get out and run with your, your Irish brethren. So run what you can do. And then you post it up. And when you post it up to the, to the, you know, whatever it is, Strava or whatever they got on there, you post it and you get your medal. It's going to be great. And can you do that? Uh, is it, is there a cutoff point on Wednesday or can you do it after Wednesday or what's the uh that's a great question (laughs) and you know what if you can't do it that day there's no reason why you shouldn't do it on wednesday or thursday or friday and i think you should just do it on every day and did this go ahead last year as as well jim or what's the what's the history behind it yeah the history behind they've done it in the past it was typically a live event um well so last year was the was the pandemic so this has been an event it's been a 5k 10k that they've been doing in the past so now we've moved to virtual i think the entire world has moved to virtual which is good and so we might as well take advantage of it. You know, it's a new opportunity. It's a whole new way to engage with so many more people rather than just, you know, a one 10K run through the city. You can now do it with a lot of people and, and start to build your own community beyond what your, your typical community is. 
Yeah, there's some great, uh, some of the running clubs here. The Ashling Centre in uh, up in Yonkers, they started a running club. So everyone's trying to get out in the open there during the, the pandemic. Uh, t- tell me, does it, is there a registration fee to sign up or and how and how much is it? And are people running for charity or can you donate? There are. So the, the charity is the Marie Curie Cancer Fund. Um, so a little bit of every... Registration goes towards that. All I believe right. it's 15 pounds to register. You get your, uh, you get your t-shirt and you get your medal and that's what you can do there. Okay. And so what's the, so tell, tell us, tell, tell listeners, why should, why should they, why should they go out and do the run? They could even walk at 10 K. They could do five K. It's just a matter of going out and doing it. Is it? Look, it's, it's, uh, we have to create our communities. We surround ourselves with people that, that make us better. So let's surround ourselves with runners, right? We've been sitting inside for a year, from a pandemic perspective, get out and go for a little run, get a little exercise, go for a walk, whatever it is. Um, there's no reason not to do it. And when someone gives you the foundation and the platform to do it, you might as well take advantage. Tell me there is for, for those who, for those who enter or take part, there is a couple of, t- there's a couple of tickets on, uh, on raffle. If you enter, t- tell us more. That's it. The, those of you from North America who sign up and do it, you can win a free trip to Ireland from Aerolingus. So there are a couple of tickets up for grabs. So if you needed more incentive rather than just being healthy and going for a run, now you might as well just get a free trip to Ireland when the world opens up. Awesome. Awesome. There's a kind of a, a coordination between Belfast. What's, the, what, what's happening there? Yeah, it's, um, it's Marsheen's crew from Belfast. They've been doing a lot uh, beyond just the run. So they typically would do the run. This was, this started out as a Belfast run. It was a Belfast 10 K. Okay. Um, they are, they've become experts in the global virtual event space, whether it's the Belfast homecoming, whether it's the, the echo 40 under 40, they've been doing this for a while now. So they, they, they really do an excellent job with it. So I'm really excited to see the live program, the music and how you can jump around in and out, the the logistics of putting something like this together is amazing and uh conlon and marsheen and, and the entire team over there uh and amy they've done a, a phenomenal job they've really got this this nailed up it's going to be it's going to be fantastic okay. and you're doing the media rounds now you're the ambassador this year i i think so sophie colgan a, a, a former a friend of the pod we should say she was on a couple of weeks ago she's also an ambassador is there a couple of you or yeah there's a couple of us they, i i think there are two for every city so it's me and sophie for new york uh, there are a couple up in Boston, a couple in Dublin, Belfast, uh, Dubai. I think we've got a couple out oh. there. So um, it's good. I'll, look, I'll do the media tour all day long. It's going to get people moving <laughs> and it's going to celebrate Irish. It's uh, That's my kind of jam. It's You've pretty got good. to set up. And what time are you going to clock Wednesday for the 10K? Uh, I'm going to run it early. So if you want to come with me to Central Park, I'm going to say, I'm going to commit to running at eight o'clock in the morning. Come meet me at eight o'clock in the morning at the Jackie O Reservoir. I'll be there. We'll wear a mask. We'll run it together. Uh, I know the Sober St. Patrick's Day crew will be there too. So we'll get a bunch of okay. people. We can run it six feet apart and then we can tune into the uh, to the little show at nine o'clock. Okay, awesome. Central Park is 10K, isn't it? Because I ran it before, but I'm not sure if it's, it's our own 10K, is it? Uh, if we have to do two loops, we'll do two loops. <laughs> you could do that on your own. <laughs> So is there is there going to be a gang of meeting at the reservoir? Where exactly is that? Yeah, a couple of people. It's um the South Reservoir Tower. It's like 82nd Street or something like that. Um you'll see like there's just, you know, whatever that little gravel path is. I can't even remember the name of it. Okay. But, um you know, if you we, want to we, post it to the podcast, I'll let we you know. We post it up. We post yeah. it up. Perfect. Yeah, great idea. We could all get involved in that. Eight o'clock Wednesday morning. That's it.
All I'll right, the soda bread. <laughs> All right, Jim. Thanks a million. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay, so we're, we'll head up to Boston now with uh, Mary Sugru, who, who's the uh, chief executive of the Irish American Partnership, a great organization. And I'm glad to have Mary on the show. She's one of the first people I met when I landed in New York about two and a half years ago. We were sitting down at the, the, the GPA uh, dinner in Midtown, and I got friendly with Mary, and she told me about the partnership. So, Mary, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Oh, listen, delighted, delighted to be here, Michael, and, and lovely to see you virtually here from Boston. <laughs> Kevin, Mary, you're, just to give us a quick background on yourself, you're from, uh, you're from the kingdom. That's right. I'm from Carsabeen, Kunta Kirin. Yeah. So, um, yeah, grew up in Carsabeen and um, went, then went to Dublin for a few years and was teaching in Ireland, and then I left and I, I ended up in Boston and I've been here for, oh, over 30 years, let's just put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mary, t- tell us, uh, what, what is the Irish American Partnership and what do you do? Yeah, so the, the Irish American Partnership, um, we actually support education programs in Ireland in the North and South. So we have a whole membership base across the United States. So we're really, what we're doing is we're connecting Irish and Irish Americans back to the to the places and the people that, that they hold dear and that they're interested in. And so very much our mission is education. So the funds that we raise are raised for programs in Ireland, both the North and South. So our flagship program is our direct grants to schools program. And so we've supported rural schools all across the, the whole of the, of the island um, with, with grants to the schools, you know, for library books, for science materials, for literacy, for numeracy, for, for music banks, whatever the schools needed for. So we're very much about connecting do- our, our donors back to Ireland in a very yeah. tangible way. I've been at some of your your meetings, of course, and just just seeing the work that you do, putting money into into schools back home. It's it, you know it's 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 fantastic work you do. So f- fair play to you. And I must just say that the, your events were always fantastic. Unfortunately, now we're virtual. But one of the first events, one of the the best speeches I've ever heard was at an Irish-American partnership breakfast. It was Michael Dowling, maybe a year and a half ago. Yes. I was just blown away by it. The yeah. his speech the morning so when we're back in person now we can we, we can uh, we can tune in virtually monday but i would just tell people who haven't heard of the irish american partnership keep an eye out the meetings the in-person meetings are fantastic as well so that, 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 that was a great day mary so mary uh going ahead to monday you have a huge lineup ahead monday tell us what's going on yeah oh i will yeah and just a, and a quick note there on michael darling we gave a grant to his school Nakaderi in limerick and honest to god it was just brilliant because the school actually used the funds to buy musical instruments so it was lovely and, and michael instinctively understood the partnership's mission so it was brilliant but anyway we've been running st patrick's day um events in boston and in chicago for 26 years this is our 26th annual we had to obviously move it to a virtual event but we're delighted to be able to do that so the event is will be on virtually um you can uh, um it's at, it's 6 p.m um, eastern standard time and um it will you could access the link to it from irishap.org irishap.org so we have messages from on t-shirt we'll have a message from president higgins We'll have a message from Marty Walsh, our mayor here in Boston, who is representing Boston and representing Connemara, where his people are from. And we've given grants to his parents' schools in Connemara. 
And of course, he's the um, US uh, Secretary of State nominee. So it's brilliant to have him. And then representing the city of Chicago and the people there will be the Chicago's Grand Marshal. And that's Father Tom Hurley, who is the pastor of Old St. Pat's, the most beautiful church in Chicago. So we also have our former president, Mary McAleese. But then at the event, we are announcing support for a new program. And that program is around empathy at the secondary school level in Ireland. So we've done a lot of work in the past around primary school, but this year we're launching a program at the event, at the St. Patrick's Day virtual event around social, um, about activating social empathy in young people. The patron of the program is Killian Murphy, your fellow Corkman. Yeah. And, uh, and a Douglas so- man. Douglas and a Douglas man. man. Well, I'm from Douglas, but I'm an emo man. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, Killian, you know, it was really he, he yeah. inspired us to really get involved because he, you know, he's he's very interested in young people, supporting young people. And, you know, like ensuring that, it, that, that you know, every, young people understand that everyone has a different story and everyone's story is valuable. So we really feel that, you know, empathy education is going to be a very important cornerstone as we all, you know, rebuild and get out of what we've all been through in the last year, you know. So anyway, the program is run out of NUIG Galway. So we have the professors, Professor Pat Dolan from NUIG and Professor Mark Brennan, actually from Penn State. The two of them together have put together the curriculum. Through our funds, we're going to help roll out the empathy curriculum in secondary schools in both the north and south of Ireland. So we're delighted. And so um, the professors will be on and so will Killian all on. Okay. And then we love music and performances as well, some beautiful music. So it'll be an overall celebration of Irish culture, heritage, education, um, music. You know, it'll be great. Brilliant. And it's on between six and seven, is it Eastern? Six, six and seven, yep. Six, 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 six and seven. And it's, yeah. it's free to register, is it? But you can also leave a donation to the partnership if you, when you register. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So when you go into irishap.org, yes, you register for free. So tell your network, anybody who's interested. And um, then, yes, if you'd like to support our work, you know, yeah, that would be great. You know, but, right. well, you know, we're delighted. I mean, look, the celebrations are, are going to be different this year, but we feel that, you know, the sentiments of St. Patrick's Day, you know, our love for, for our place and our people is still as strong as ever. So we're delighted to be able to do it virtually. It sounds great. It's a huge lineup, Mary. I, I must say it must have been a tough undertaking to get it all put oh, together. Oh, it was. But you know what? I, I have to say, you know, the, the, our, our supporters, our honorees, the people who step up for us all the time. It is just brilliant. It is lovely that, you know, we bring Ireland, I guess, a little bit over here and, and we're bringing here United States to Ireland. It's a, it's a wonderful relationship and, and we're, we're very fortunate. We've got brilliant supporters on both sides of the Atlantic. So it's fantastic. Yeah. Tell me, Mary, if, if you missed the event in your register, can you watch it afterwards? Uh, yes, you can. Any- yeah. So the, when you go onto our website, you will see the link there that will be and you will be able to watch it later. If okay. you're busy, you're busy at six on Monday. No yeah. bother. You can watch it. You can watch it on St. Patrick's Day itself. And it, it's a lot. Oh, I think people will really enjoy it. It's wonderful. Yeah. Brilliant. Great messages. Great music. Great. It's, it's a wonderful celebration of our of our two countries yeah. and our connections, because that's what the partnership is really about. Connecting people from, you know, between our two places. Yeah. sounds great Mary uh, best of luck with it and we'll be sure to tune in and you must come back on some other time and give us an in-depth uh, look into what the partnership does oh gee I, yeah I'd be delighted to do that Michael I'm delighted to see you're settled in New York and it's brilliant and, <laughs> and I'll be looking forward to getting back down there soon yeah, absolutely Mary thanks very much for coming on okay bye now okay, take care thanks.
we're heading to Dublin now with Karen Walsh, who's the artistic director for the St. Patrick's Festival, which is on uh, from the 12th to the 17th of March. Uh, Karen is here to give us a rundown on what's going on. Karen, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Michael. <laughs> so, Karen, tell, tell me, what's, uh, what is the St. Patrick's Festival? How did it come about and what can we look forward to? Yeah, so we are the national festival here in Ireland that celebrates St. Patrick's Day. And uh, originally the festival, I suppose the parade was the main thing that was happening on the 17th of March for years. And then the government decided, I think it's about 23 years ago now, to actually turn the turn the event into a festival. And so we have been building it out over the years um, into now it is a six day event which celebrates everything to do with Irishness today. Um, here in Ireland, but also it's it's traditional, but also it's very contemporary. So you've got everything from traditional music to electronic music to, you know, modern day theatre makers telling their stories to, you know, Eddie Lenehan, our most famous legend storyteller here. So you've got a bit of everything, really, you know. And is this, was it always virtual or was it last year was the first virtual event and this is the second year? Tell us a bit of um, how the virtual aspect came about. Yeah, so this is actually the anniversary today, the um, sorry, the anniversary this year of one year uh, lockdown in Ireland and I'm sure across the world. But it was this weekend last year that we were um, cancelled and it was the day, it was the night before the festival was due to start that we eventually had to just make the final call. It was up and down for weeks, but we just kept going anyway. We didn't know what was going to happen. So we didn't have a chance to go virtual last year. We just had to completely stand down everything. And that's over 100 events. It's like, you know, the parade, which would see 3,000 performers on the streets of the city on the 17th of March. It's hundreds of thousands of people watching it on the street, millions watching it all over the world. Completely gone, just gone. And it was a really sad weekend. It was very emotional and everybody was exhausted because you've just been working all year getting this beast over the line and then literally gone so we came out of that in April and we just thought right we're most likely going to be in some kind of a level of uh, restrictions next March so we started planning for a level three four and five festival and then really it came to Christmas and after the 4th of January then the whole country was back into level five which in Ireland means everything is closed no live events not a cafe or restaurant open no cultural space is open and we decided we're going to be virtual we got our funding from the Department of Arts from the government um, and we thought they wanted us to use this money to funnel back out to the artists and the live events workers and crews to get them working. And we decided that we were going to um, frame all of this, this content that we are uh, producing with all the artists into a TV channel uh, to try and do something different for the audience, for the viewer, um, and also to be able to stream this globally now all over the world. So it's going out across the world on our website. And we have created this magnificent TV channel over six days a night, we have 90 hours of film, all wow. made over the last two months. It is spectacular. And the festival and team have just worked day and night to make this happen. 
and we're really proud now it's it's all up and running smoothly and it's it's really interesting yeah yeah i've been on the website stpatrick'sfestival.ie it's jam-packed jam-packed full of irish goodies irish artists it looks fantastic tell us so do you log on to the onto the website to watch the programming Exactly. So we're streaming it out on Irish time. Uh, so you can log on to our website into the SPF TV uh, page. You'll just see the channel running there. If you've missed anything, if you're on different, different time zones, go back into our uh, event pages and everything is on playback there till the 21st of March. Um, and yeah, we have everything running from like yoga in the morning at 9.30 a.m. right through to late club stuff going on at, you know, 11, a. 11 p.m. till 1.30 a.m. or whatever. And we've big shows in the evenings. We've got kids events, historical tours, virtual tours around Ireland, music, poetry, theater, film, everything. So there's low it's, and it's 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 about what Irishness is today um, and I think we get that across well and um, I think there's something in there for everybody as well all ages all ages absolutely fantastic and you can you can go in and watch it up until the 21st is it it closes down then or what's the yeah so we uh, just in terms of copyright we get to stream everything up until the 21st of March Everything will come down, but we're checking with all the artists again who wants who's a, who wants to allow us to put it back up. So it'll go. Some of it will go back. Okay. Hopefully, like eighty percent of it will go back up. But just try and catch it before the twenty first. Anyway, awesome. have you any kind of figures on how many people are taking part? There, how many people were behind the whole operation? The the website is very well done. It's just I have to say it's a credit to all of you. Thanks. We. So we're all working remotely this year as well, which has been another challenge. Course, yeah. uh, so we are all based all over the country. There's probably about 50 of us in the team. Um, you know, there could be 10 most of the year. And then as it ramps up from, say, November onwards, it, we go up to about 50. Artist-wise, I'd say we're talking probably about 3,000 artists. That's, wow. you know, filmmakers, editors, production crew, we went to the uh, we went to an artist, for example, we said, right, we want you to create this piece. We want you to hire your local filmmaker, your local event. So we're, all these events are taking place all over the country. It's not just happening in Dublin where it would normally be uh, if it yeah. was a live event. So we're taking people all over. So we films coming from performances in the Aran Islands to Donegal, Belfast, Waterford, Dublin and everywhere in between. We're hitting the 32 counties with this program, which is yeah. really fantastic i love that and is it is it all irish based or do you have some uh, diaspora involved or is it just all all from the from the island the island is as a yeah it's all irish there's a couple of events that we're working with the adrian brinkerhoff uh, poetry foundation uh, in new york okay. and that's collaboration with poetry ireland here and druid theater so we're doing loads of beautiful poetry pieces films we're uh, working with the welsh government the scottish government as we've created this show called shoda it's our celtic connections so we've griff reese from um super furry animals performing from wales we've got the breath performing in antrim and a beautiful um concertina player bridget chambul from scotland those kinds of things but predominantly it is all irish yeah what are your own kind of highlights what are your own favorite uh, gigs or events or uh, artists that are that, that are featuring i would say you know we've curated 
a beautiful day of stuff on for the 17th of March. And, you know, in the morning, we want to try and capture that essence of the parade and all the lovely festivities. So we've filmed like marching band performances all over Ireland and also internationally and in the States. We've got these little five minute films. But then also you go into the evening and we've got this fantastic show called Barogue. It's a contemporary traditional music from like Colin Mokonomra to Cormac Begley, Lisa O'Neill. Okay. Uh, all these gorgeous young traditional artists. Then we go into a big pop performance from Soleil, who's one of our new kind of up and coming R&B pop singers, which we just filmed a big bombastic performance from her. And we've got some really special secret shows that we have not even announced yet. They're big lighting projects and uh, spectacular pieces that are going to go out around nine o'clock. Um, it's called the Orchestra of Light and Sullis Animating Ireland and uh, tune in for those. So it was a really lovely night on St. Patrick's Night. Okay. And also actually we're working with um, the festival uh, event company called I.NY, which connects Ireland with New York. And we're doing um, on St. Patrick's Night, it'll be connecting um, uh, three different days in different parts of the world. They choose their records all kind of themed around New York, what inspires them about the music, how that music you know, inspired them as they were growing up, their friends, their family. And everyone puts the vinyl on, plays their piece, chats about it. And it's these three screens from different parts of the world. They're all chatting about their music. So, so there's loads of nice international connections as well. You Perfect. Know? Did I see, is there a virtual parade as well that's been streamed? Yes, yeah, so as you know, with everybody around our, the world this year, um, there'll be no gatherings. And what we've done is we've connected with RTE, which is our national TV channel station here in Ireland. And we're doing this project called Hashtag RTE Virtual Parades. And all of the pageant companies who would normally be you know, waltzing down the streets of Dublin for the parade, we've now commissioned them to create half hour workshop videos costume making props mask making and we're encouraging families all over ireland and the world to create their own little pageant parade at home using all these tips and then we want them to film them and put them online through instagram facebook whatever with the hashtag rt virtual parades tag and then they're all going to come together on the 17th of march um, and it's really gorgeous we did it a tiny bit last year because we were so last minute getting cancelled and it's lovely to see all the pieces coming together. So this is going to be huge now. It's it's a, it's a campaign we've been running for the last two months, which is brilliant. Brilliant. Karen, that sounds fantastic. So stpatricksfestival.ie is where all the action is this week. And you on Facebook, That's Instagram, great. the usual social media channels. We're everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. And also on TikTok. So we're, we're working right. with TikTok this year. There is a massive TikTok Irish challenge going on. <laughs> and it has just gone crazy. We're like, from people, we only had a few hundred followers. Like the other day, we're up to something like 17 million or something like that. People are doing their little Irish challenge and putting it up on TikTok. And it's great crack. So okay. everybody can join in there. Perfect. Look forward to that. St. Patrick's Festival.ie. Karen, thanks very much for coming on and best of luck with the, with the, with the festival. Thanks a million, Michael. We now head over to Trassa Goodwin-Smith segment from the Ireland Calls radio show last week to listen to her interview with New York City Parade Chairman Sean Lane. 
Sean gave Trassa a rundown on some of the virtual events the parade is hosting this year. Ireland Calls Radio Show is the longest running Irish radio show in America and is produced by Trassa and her husband Tommy Smith. So tune in every Saturday from 6pm on WVOX radio station or you can catch all previous episodes on irelandcallsradioshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I would now like to welcome back on Ireland Calls the chairperson of the New York City St. Patrick's Day Parade, Mr. Sean Lane. Sean, great to have you back on Ireland Calls. Tressa, thank you so much. It's an honour to be here with you again. Thank you. Sean, just to make it official again, no grand St. Patrick's Day Parade on Fifth Avenue this year. Yes, I mean, sadly, as you'd said, Tressa, due to the worldwide restrictions, really not just in New York or nationally on COVID, we're not going to be able to have our normal parade, where, as you know, we would have up to 225 marching groups, 173 bands, I think was what we had lined up for last year, could be a quarter of a million people, but, uh, you know, we can't do that. What we're hoping to do is something similar to what we ended up doing last year, where a very, very small group just marched up to maintain the parade route with a banner. And, you know, we're hoping, we're in negotiations with the mayor's office, we're hoping to do something very similar, very, very small, just to commemorate the day for historical purposes. It would be our 260th year in a row. There may be no parade, but we are all going to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, aren't we? Yes. Well, you know, as you say, it's the only national holiday that's celebrated all over the world, and that's not going to stop us. We're certainly, I'm sure plenty of us are going to do something to commemorate the day. Yes, keep the tradition alive. And in the past couple of years, the Mass on television has become a huge favourite. Yes. I mean, we we were very lucky a, a couple of years ago. Cardinal Dolan introduced me to the CEO of the Catholic Faith Network, Monsignor Vlon, who's a wonderful man, and he's got a wonderful staff. And they've been televising the Mass every year for us. And that's going to continue. At half eight on St. Patrick's morning, we will be televising the Mass live from St. Patrick's Cathedral. This year, there is some dedications that the parade is making to the frontline workers, the first responders, and the essential workers. Yes, so for the first time in the 260-year history of the parade, we've actually created an honor guard. Um, and this honor guard is, consists of first responders and essential workers. And we just obviously wanted to reinforce the tremendous thanks that we all have, how grateful we are to our first responders, people such as yourself. I know you're a nurse, but also the essential workers, you know, people that uh, just go into work day in, day out. And, you know, we've, we've representatives from the MTA, um, from the Port Authority, the building managers. We've got, you know, nurses and doctors as well and people working in facilities, obviously the operating engineers, the guy that keeps the power, the heat, the water going, all behind the scenes that you don't necessarily think of. But certainly when you're in a major crisis like this, we're delighted and thrilled that these people are so good that they go into work for us to keep everything going. And we're very, very thankful for all the work that these people do for us. Oh, we certainly are. We send them out virtual hugs. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody. This year is also the 20th anniversary of 9-11, where so many lost their lives. Yes, as you say, it's a somber anniversary. I, I think one of the most poignant moments in the parade, obviously in 2002, was that moment of silence where the entire parade and all the people on the sidelines did that moment of silence uh, to recognize all those that we lost in September 11th. And, and, you know, particularly, as you know, our fire department was hard hit. Of the nearly 3,000 people, I believe, that were lost, there was over 400 first responders, and over, I think, three-quarters of the first responders we lost on September 11th were firefighters. Um, so we're incredibly thankful and obviously have to recognize that somber anniversary 
for all the sacrifice those people gave. And then, as you know, people have had complications, health issues, and even some deaths from cancer, et cetera. It's been terrible, um, you know, for the great work that these people did on our behalf and the sacrifices they made. So we obviously want to make sure that we recognize that. Yes, we will never forget. We will never, never forget that day. Uh, how can our listeners help our parade, Sean? Well, uh, how people could help, uh, we'd love to have more people participate. We actually have um, a wall uh, for pictures and greetings on our website. If you go to nystpatricksparade.org, we can actually post pictures because the one thing we do miss is seeing everybody, and as you do as a commentator, I'm sure, yes. having Fifth Avenue lined with one or two million people and then up to a quarter of a million marching, it's a very special day. But one way to be there virtually is to go to the parade website, and you can actually post pictures and post a gallery of greetings for, or thanks for our first responders and essential workers, and people have been doing that. It's a nominal fee just to be able to post the picture, but as I said, it's a way for people to be with us on the day. And then, of course, if people are able to help, we do have the parade does incur several hundred thousand dollars a year in expenses, just as ordinary operating expenses for accounting, the office, etc., even when we insurance, even when we don't have a full parade. So if anybody is able to help, that's always enormously appreciated. And again, that's at nycstpatricksparade.org is the website. If they're able to help, we'd greatly appreciate it. And like you say, we do miss seeing everybody, and we can't wait to get out there next year, hopefully, and we'll see everybody again. Oh, that's I think we'll sure. have the biggest parade in history next year, Tressa. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> and for the first time ever, the parade is going to feature a virtual journal. Tell me more mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, so again, you know, rather than obviously we normally have our physical journal, which is a beautiful piece, and I know you've worked on it and you're actually helping us with a virtual journal as well, where a small group of people work in a dedicated way to put together the printed journal, which goes everywhere all over the city. This year it's going to be virtual. It's going to be online. So the same thing, we're asking people if they want to post congratulations or, you know, just greetings or thanks to first responders and essential workers that they take an ad in the journal. And again, you know, you can go to the parade website and, and find it there. And we're very thankful to our journal committee as well, including your good self, because it's <laughs> such a strange year, um, as we know. But uh, we want to try to keep as much of the elements of the parade alive as possible. And, you know, the virtual journal would be a nice way for people to see other people and know that they're still okay and everybody's okay, because picking up a phone today, you don't really know, do you? You don't, Who, and, okay. and, you know, to express, and as well to, you know, for remembrances of people that we may have lost or, yes. you know, even to say thank you to our first responders and essential workers as well. We see people doing that as well. Sean, what is your wish going forward? Well, you know, the wish obviously is just that we get past this. We're being told by our medical experts that hopefully by August or September that most everybody should be vaccinated in, in the United States and that we'll be able to move on. And then, as I said, my biggest wish is that we all get together and we have the biggest parade in history next year. <laughs> yeah, we'll celebrate for a week, Sean. <laughs> yes, I think so, or several weeks, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Sean, thank you so much for chatting with me on Ireland Calls. Thank you for you always uh, coming on board and giving us the updates and letting all our community all over the world know about how the New York City St. Patrick's Day Parade is doing, and continued success to you as chairman of the New York City St. Patrick's Day Parade. Thank you, Sean. Thanks so much, Tress. Always lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Finally, to end the show, we'll head back over to Jim Frawley, where he talks about his company, Bellwether. Yeah, Bellwether, we help people manage change. The world is changing faster than we can we can handle, and, and it's coming from all different types of levels. It's uh, workplace is changing, society's changing, your family's changing, your technology's changing, and each of these are difficult 
in and of itself, but how to adapt to all of these when all of them happen at once, you need to kind of deal with macro change in kind of a special way. Nobody's ever told you how to do that because you have to do it yourself. So I've laid out the framework in, in the book, Adapting in Motion, and that's what clients and corporations bring me in to do is how do you get people to make effective decisions when there's so much change on the horizon, you're unsure of what's coming next. So it's really about making good decisions. And was, did the book come out just in, in line with the pandemic or was it coming out all along? And how much has your work changed in the last year with the pandemic? I suppose it's like everyone else has been upended. Uh, I've been in a great way. It's, it's gotten so busy. Um, I've been working on the book for a long time, a number of years, and it just wasn't, you know, I was just doing it on the side. And then I just started getting up early. You know, I had nothing else to do in the pandemic and I just cranked it out and, uh, and it, it just flowed from there. It was Brilliant. basically uh, my challenges that I was dealing with as well as my time in corporate and the challenges I dealt with corporate. And it all came down into, I think, really relatable stories that people can internalize and use to make their own path. And from there, everybody's looking for a coach. Everybody needs help. So, so from a business perspective, I've been very fortunate that it's been, it's been pretty busy. It's kind of like a, a life coach, life, life guidance uh, book, is it? Um, a little bit. Yeah. But it's also for, with a business hint. So it's, it's okay. less on life coaching, more on my business is more focused on the business coaching aspect of it, how to be a successful executive, how to communicate to the C-suite, how are you pivoting your, your small business and getting that ready for change and adapting your business for that. So it's really from a business perspective, but businesses are made up of human beings. So I guess anything is a, uh, a coloring book if you have a crayon. So it's, I guess it's a coaching book too. Finally, I, I don't think I asked you to start. I asked you off here. Um, what's your Irish heritage, your Irish background? Where do your ancestors come from? Yeah, my grandparents uh, came from Ireland, and then I had a set of great-grandparents that came by way of Newfoundland uh, from Ireland, and I've got plenty of family there now. I'm a dual citizen. I've got family in Galway, Clare, uh, down in Kinsale. Uh, I've got a few that made it back up to Dublin um, and, are, and are living in that area, too, so we're, we're pretty well pretty well spread out across okay. the island. And that's all for this week. Let us know what you think by leaving us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Long Haul Podcast. You can check out all of our previous shows on thelonghaulpodcast.com, including our last episode on the New York bar industry with Cormac McCormack, interviews with Irish Central founder Nilo Dowd, real estate broker Shane Boyle, and of course, the hugely important podcast about the potential sale of the American Irish Historical Society building on Fifth Avenue. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast. This will ensure that we can get more podcasts to you more often. The liquor was so awful, strong, my head went round.